0: that was the title of the message and this morning was part one tonight is part two and I'm probably going to double dip a little bit tonight with what we talked about this morning but uh, let's just read the entirety of the psalm tonight if we could psalm 92 the bible says a psalm or song for the sabbath day you know there ought to be songs that are uh, that are special to us now that you know, in this case, the Sabbath day, that would have been every week. Uh, there ought to be songs that, um, there ought to be hymns that are special to us that, boy, we hear the tune, we know it. Some, some of you, you have, you've been in church all of your life. You've been in church for decades, right? I mean, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years, and many of the hymns, you can hear, I mean, you know, you know the words because you've heard them so much. By the way, absolutely nothing wrong with that. That's good. Uh, to be so familiar with the songs. But let me say this, let's not be so familiar with them that they just become old hat, right? Uh, We ought to love them more and more. And the Bible says that this psalm was specifically for the Sabbath day. It says it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. We spoke this morning. What are some good things in our lives? What does the word good mean? It means having the qualities or having qualities which are desired. Um, One of our very smart church members this morning, and she may be watching by live stream tonight, but she said it means not bad. Good means not bad. And that is true, right? That's very, very true. By the way, she's one of our deep thinkers as well. We talked about that this morning. She's one of our deep thinkers. And um, I hope you're watching. I really do. I'll be in trouble, won't I? But at least it'll take it off of you, right? I just need to stay with my notes is what I need to do tonight. The Bible says it is a good thing. I've been with teenagers all afternoon. I think I've about halfway lost my mind. I think I think that's what it is. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High, to show forth thy lovingkindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night upon an instrument of ten strings and upon the psaltery, upon the harp of the solemn sound. For thou, Lord hast made me glad through thy work. I will triumph in the works of thy hands. O Lord, how great are thy works, and thy thoughts are very deep. And we left off there this morning. Verse 6, a brutish man knoweth not, neither doth a fool understand this. When the wicked spring as the grass, and when all the workers of iniquity do flourish, it is that they shall be destroyed forever." But thou, Lord, art most high forevermore. For lo, thine enemies, O Lord, for lo, thine enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. But my horn shalt thou exalt like the horn of an unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Mine eye also shall see my desire on mine enemies, and mine ears shall hear my desire of the wicked that rise up against me. Now we're going to stop right there tonight, but let's go ahead and read the remainder of the chapter The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted. Now notice, again, verses 12 through 15 is not our message tonight, but do you see the comparison? Verses 6 through 11 as compared to verses 12 through 15. Verses 6 through 11 speaking about the wicked, speaking about the brutish man. And then in verse number 12, the righteous... The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall steal. And don't miss that. Back up in verses, really verses 6 through 11. What is going to happen to the wicked? What is going to happen to the brutish man? The Bible says there that he will be, in verse 7, he shall be destroyed forever. But in verse number 13, or excuse me, verse 14, they shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in Him. So tonight, again, I want to give us just three more reasons, really, Three more reasons tonight why it is good, it is a good thing to give thanks. We looked this morning and we said it is good to give thanks to the person who deserves it. That's what this psalm is all about. We're we're talking about Jehovah, we're talking about the Lord, we're speaking about O Most High, verse number one says. And so we saw that it is good to give thanks, it is a good thing to give thanks to the person who deserves it. And he does deserve it, doesn't he? He deserves it. I understand. Some days are just days, and I get it. But even in those days, He deserves it. He deserves our praise. And so we saw that it's good to to give thanks to the person who deserves it. And then we said it's good to give thanks with praise, which declares it, which declares our thanksgiving. And then we said it's good to give praise... For the pleasure, verse number 5, it speaks about being glad. For the pleasure that God brings to us, the satisfaction, the happiness. And that demands that we give thanks. Look, the satisfaction that God brings to us. Let me just pray because we're going to look at that a little bit more tonight. But God is so good to us tonight. You say, Pastor, you you don't know what I'm going through right now. I, I, I know, I get it. There are probably folks in here tonight that are going through things that none of the rest of us know about tonight. Maybe physically, maybe spiritually, maybe in a family situation, maybe financially, I don't know, maybe just emotionally. But here's the thing. It's still good to give thanks. Because God deserves it. Because God is always worthy. No matter the trial, no matter the circumstance, no matter the perception that we have of how things are going, it is good to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. So let me give you three more reasons tonight. And again, I'm double dipping a little bit with what we talked about this morning. But I'm going to give you three reasons again tonight why it is a good thing to give thanks. Father, help us tonight. Just remind us. Help us to leave here tonight. Help us to get up in the morning being reminded that it is a good thing. It has all of the qualities that we should desire. It is a good thing to give thanks to you. And Lord, I pray that we would see that once again tonight and just be reminded. Lord, help us to be praisers and not complainers. Lord, help us to see that you're the one who deserves it. No one else, no other person. You deserve our praise. And Father, may we give it to you. May we be busy about it. May we be busy about giving you the thanks and praise that you deserve. Help us tonight. Father, we do pray for those that are away from us tonight for whatever reason, sickness, work, just hindrances. Father, I pray that you'd help tonight. Father, I pray that you'd bring them back to us at the next appointed time. And Father, we'll thank you for it. I do thank you, Lord, for Brother Benny and what you've done in his physical body over the past few days. And we're just thankful that... Uh, At least as of right now, he's not going to have to have any surgery. And Father, we're just so grateful for that. I just pray that you'll continue to heal his physical body. And we'll be sure to give you the praise and glory for it. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Number one tonight, again, three more reasons tonight why it is a good thing to give thanks. First of all tonight, because, and again, we saw this this morning, but because of the triumph of his works. Because of the triumph of His works. Notice verse number 4 again tonight. Because of the triumph of His works. Let me say this. They are great in number and they are great in nature. They are great in number and they are great in nature. What I mean by that is they're different. It's not all the same. Look, the great wonders that He does or may have done in your life this week... It may have been different for someone else. Now, the, the great wonder of salvation, that's the same for all of us, isn't it? The great work of salvation that we spoke about this morning, when it says here in verse number 4, For thou, Lord, hast made my, excuse me, glad through thy work, I will triumph in the works of thy hands. We spoke about his nail-scarred, nail-pierced hands this morning. How, how much greater work has been done than that? For someone to give himself, to give his life's blood for all of mankind. By the way, not for just a few Not for just the elect, but for all of mankind. The Bible says in Romans 10, 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Now here's the thing. Those who do call upon the name of the Lord, those who are in Christ, are the elect. But God, Jesus Christ, didn't go to the cross and say, You know what, I'm going to the cross today and I'm dying for Adam Haynes, but I'm not dying for his son Jacob. He didn't do that. He didn't go to the cross and say, I'm going to die today for Tim Turner, but I'm not going to die for his wife that he's going to have one day, Joe Turner. I'm not going to do that. He didn't do that when he went to the cross. He went to the cross and he laid his life down. The Bible says in 1 John chapter number 2 that he was the propitiation for our sins and not just for our sins, but for the sins of what? Of the whole world. And so he went to the cross of Christ. What greater work has ever been done than what was done on the cross of Calvary? It's a good thing to give thanks because of the triumph of his works. He says, O Lord, in verse number 5, How great are thy works, and thy thoughts are very deep. Think with me tonight, if you would. Think about some individuals in the Scriptures. We can think about ourselves tonight, and we should, and we ought to do that. We ought to think about the great works that God has done in our own lives, shouldn't we? We should do that. We should should remember those things, because when remembering those things, it'll cause us to praise. But think with me in the Scriptures tonight, and think of some individuals who God, with His hands, did some great works in their lives. Can anybody give me one tonight? Okay, Joseph, right off the bat. Right off the bat, Joseph. Where do you begin? God allows him to have these dreams. His brothers call him the dreamer and they hate him because of it. And God allows him to have these dreams and everyone's going to bow down. The the sheaves bow down to him. His mom and the sun, moon and the stars bow down. Speaking of his mom and his dad and his brothers are going to bow down to him and, and his brother's like, I oh, never going to bow down to you. I don't know who you think you are. You're, you're, the, you're the youngest now. Benjamin was the youngest, but you're the next to the last. I don't know who you think you are. I'm not bound down to you, but they did, didn't Threw him in the pit. Went to Potiphar's house and, by the way, did nothing but good for all of those that he met went to Potiphar's house made Potiphar's house flourish right the bible says in verse 12 the righteous shall flourish isn't that what happened in Potiphar's house he flourished he didn't even know everything he had he gave everything into Joseph's hands because he was so trustworthy we know the story Mrs. Potiphar comes and lies on him and he gets thrown excuse me thrown into prison by the way you can't blame Mr. Potiphar for that would you your wife comes to you and says hey this individual did this to me you, you should be able to believe your wife, shouldn't you? He gets thrown into prison. prison guard puts him in charge of the prisoners. And finally, eventually, when the butler remembers after two years, hey, you know what? I remember a guy in the prison. He, he interpreted my dream. Pharaoh had a dream. He didn't understand what it was. The lean and the fat cows, the lean and the fat ears of corn, And the butler said, I know a man who can interpret. And what did God do? God brought him to the palace, second in command. It took some time, didn't it? Brother Jeff spoke about that this morning. God's timing is not our timing. We may go through trials and it may take years to get where God desires or is going to place us. Samuel had anointed David to be king but it took years for him to actually come to the throne and God that whole time is preparing and training and look God prepares and he trains and he's doing wonder he is he is if we will allow him he is triumphing with his hands not with ours Okay, when we put our hands on the situation and we say, God, you're not working fast enough. God, I'm going to have to help you out. God, I'm going to manipulate the situation. God, I don't know what I'm going to do here. I don't know how I'm going to pay for this. I don't know how everything's going to work financially. I don't want to move here. I don't want to have this job. God, I don't know what you're doing in my life. I don't know about all these trials that are coming. And we put our hands on it. It's not going to turn out right. It's not going to be triumphant, is it? Somebody else. Joseph, who else? David. Okay, Daniel. Daniel and his three compatriots get taken to Babylon. We think about his three friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. They get thrown into what? The fiery furnace. Daniel himself goes and opens his doors and prays, or excuse me, opens his windows and prays as he did aforetime. Gets thrown in the lion's den. But who triumphed? God did and they did through God. They throw those three Hebrew young men into the fiery furnace and they look in and what do they say? I don't just see three, I see four. And the likeness of the fourth is like the Son of God who triumphed there. You say, well, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah triumphed. Yeah, they absolutely did. But through who? Through God. Through God's hands. They took their hands off. They said... We said, or excuse me, they said, we know that our God can. Isn't that what they said? They said, hey, we're not going to bow down, Nebuchadnezzar. And we know that our God can save, but if not, if He doesn't save us out of this trial, if He doesn't save us out of this sentence of death, if not, we're still going to trust God. We're still going to do what's right. And what happened? God delivered them, didn't He? Because they didn't try to manipulate the situation. They just said, you know what? We know our God is powerful enough. He can get us out of this situation, but if He, de- if he decides not to and takes us on to glory, it'll be okay too. And God brought them out of that fiery furnace. Who else? Okay, Abraham, Elijah. They all tried. David. They all triumphed. We, we just spoke about Abraham recently. Uh, as a matter of fact, last week about uh, taking Isaac to Mount Moriah. Hey, hey, Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your son. What does Hebrews 11 say? Verse number 19, accounting. He took inventory. He took stock of God's faithfulness. And he said, you know what? Even if I go through with this, and I bring that knife down and sacrifice my son, God can raise him from the dead. And God will raise him from the dead. Abraham, somebody mentioned David. How many times did somebody mentioned Elijah? How did Elijah triumph on Mount Carmel? It wasn't through his power. He just did what God told him to do. He went up there with those prophets of Baal, the prophets of the groves, and and he got up there, and we know the story. Uh, They were in a drought three and a half years. By the way, who prayed for that drought? Elijah did. James chapter number 5, the Bible says he prayed fervently that it would not rain. And it didn't rain for three and a half years. He prayed for it. And he goes up on Mount Carmel. They're having a, a famine. They're having a drought. And he has this contest with the prophets of Baal. And who triumphed that day? People would say, Elijah triumphed. Yes, but only because of the power of God. Because he trusted his God. You see what it says there? I will triumph in the works of thy hands. You know what that does? That takes a lot of pressure off of us. Now I didn't say it takes a lot of work off of us. Don't misunderstand me. God has given us responsibility. God has given us the great commission. God has given us duties that we're supposed to fulfill. God has given us much work to do, right? It doesn't take the work off of us, but it does take the pressure. I don't, I don't have to get somebody saved. I can't. But I do need to go and give them the gospel, right? And it's God that gives the increase. We triumph through His... Listen, at salvation... I triumphed through the hands of God, not through mine own. When I was nine years old, and I bowed with my mom there at our couch in our living room, and I called upon the Lord Jesus Christ to save me, I triumphed, but not through my own means or merit. I triumphed through the hands, through the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord, first of all, Anybody else, real quickly. Okay, Noah, Gideon. We could go on and on. Joshua, Gideon, Noah, Esther, Peter, Paul. We could just go on and on and on, right? That, see, we've mentioned, I think maybe Wednesday night or last Sunday, we get the ideas. oh, these, these, are, these are such giants of the faith. And by the way, they are because they had faith but these are such giants and I could never be like that. Yes, you can because we have the same God. They just had faith in their God. They were courageous because they had faith in His promises. They just believed that what He said was true and that He would never lie and they trusted it. Hey, teenager tonight, you can trust Him. Well, I want to... When I grow up, I want to do this, or I want to do this, or I want to do this. Okay, maybe that's what God wants you to do. I believe God gives us personalities that tend towards certain occupations. I believe that. He gives us likes and interests that tend towards certain things. But young people tonight, don't go into an occupation just to make money. Go into it because you know that's what God wants you to do. Because you'll never triumph in your own hands or your own works or your own plans or strategies. You'll triumph in the work of His hands. And so if He desires whatever He desires for you to do, that's where you're going to triumph. Because it's through His hands. It's through His power. And if you try to do it, I've told this story before, but... I remember when my wife and I were praying about what the Lord wanted us to do. I knew in my heart the Lord wanted me to do something different. I loved where we lived. I loved what I did. I loved the church that we went to. I loved the neighborhood that we lived in. I I loved all of that. I wasn't dissatisfied with any of it. But I knew in my heart God wanted me to do something different and Boy, I would try to work it out. I'm like, you know, well, I, I, could, I could go here. This, this church is looking for a pastor and it's in the area and I could keep the job I'm working at and, and pastor this church and it's a small church and I, I could do that. And I'm trying to think of all these different ways to help God out. It doesn't work. Because I'll never and you'll never, none of us will ever triumph in our own hands and in our own works. Hey, can we go to one passage and then we'll move on to number two. Would you go to 1 Corinthians? 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. And then we'll move on to number two tonight. It is a good thing to give thanks because of the triumph of His works. First Corinthians chapter number 15. You know the passage, I believe most of you know this passage tonight. Verse 54, really the passage begins in earnest in verse 51, but in verse 54, really it begins in earnest at the very first verse of chapter 15. But in verse 54 it says, So when this corruptible shall have have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Who did that? We didn't. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Who did that? Not us, not me. But the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh death. Oh grave. Oh sin. Where is your sting? He came out of that grave triumphant. He came out of that grave and took sin, death, and the grave captive. He did it. Not us. He did it. Not my good works. Not my baptism. Not my church membership. Not my family here. Excuse me, heritage. Thankful for my family heritage. I'm I'm grateful. I'm grateful for a granddaddy. I'm grateful for a granddaddy who loved the Lord. I'm grateful for my mom and my dad, who took us to church all the time, had us under good preachers, good men, and I, I'm beyond grateful for that every day. But I'm not saved because of that. That doesn't get me to heaven. I don't get to ride on the coattails of my heritage. Now, I should continue it. And my three kids ought to continue our heritage as well. But they're not saved because of their heritage either. No, it's all because of what Jesus Christ did. His death, burial, and resurrection. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Listen, tonight, if you with a genuine heart have called upon the name of the Lord, God never lies And based on His Word, you're saved tonight. You ought to take confidence and assurance and have peace in that tonight. Number one, because of the triumph of of His works. Number two, we spoke about this this morning as well. Number two, because of the thoughts of His wisdom. It is good to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto Thy name, O Most High, because of the thoughts of His wisdom. Take your Bibles with me if you would. Let's go to Isaiah chapter number 55 if we could. The Bible says there in Psalm 92 verse number 5, O Lord, how great are thy works and thy thoughts are very deep. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time here. We mentioned it this morning. But Isaiah chapter number 55, because of the thoughts of his wisdom. The Bible says his thoughts are very deep. His thoughts are very deep. He's the God of all wisdom. He's the wonderful counselor. You want counsel? Then you go to God's Word. You want counsel? Where do you go? You go to a good counselor, right? You go maybe to your pastor. You go maybe to your mom or dad. Or or you go to someone that you respect and admire. Listen, no one greater, no one has greater wisdom, greater counsel than God Almighty. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9, the Bible says, For my thoughts... Are not your thoughts. Again, uh, this isn't a message just for the teenagers tonight, but teenagers, listen, God's thoughts are different than our thoughts. You may think tonight, well, this is what I want to do with my life, or this is what I want to do with my life. Okay, nothing wrong with dreaming and thinking, but just make sure that lines up with God's thoughts. Make sure that lines up with what God is thinking for your life. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Because of the triumph of His works, because of the thoughts of His wisdom. And because of the fact He has given us those thoughts, He has given us that wisdom in His Holy Word, in His Bible, the 66 books that, 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 that lay before us tonight, He has given us that wisdom. You might say, some might ask, well, is that all of God's wisdom? No. What does the Bible say about the wisdom of God? It says, if everything were written, was penned, about who God is and what He's done, the Bible says the earth could not contain it. So, no, this isn't everything about God and about what God has done, but this is everything He wanted us to know. This is His revelation to us. We ask questions sometimes. By the way, it's, it's not, nothing wrong with asking them. We 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 think about things. What about this? What about this? Is this going to be in heaven? Is this going to be in heaven? Um, Oh, I'm trying to think. My son asked me something recently about, you know, is this going to be in heaven? And it's fun to think about those things, but God hasn't revealed them to us. We can study it and we can think. I, I do believe there's more in the Word that we should study and can give us greater enlightenment that we just don't study enough. But He's given us everything He desires for us to know right here. The thoughts of His wisdom. No greater counsel. So if you need counsel, go to this. Young people tonight, and again, this isn't just for all of us tonight. But teenagers tonight, young people tonight, if you want counsel, don't don't go to your other 15-year-old friend. They may be a really good friend. I'm not diminishing that at all tonight. But if you want good counsel, go to God's Word. If you want good counsel, go to your mom and dad who know the word. Go to a godly man, a godly woman who knows the word. In the multitude of what? In the multitude of counselors. Biblical counselors, not counselors that we know they're going to tell us what we want to hear. Counselors that are going to tell us what the Bible says. It's a good thing to give thanks, number one, because of the triumph of His works, but number two, because of the thoughts of His wisdom. And then let me give you number three tonight. Look back at Psalm 92. Because of His thwarting of wickedness, it is good to give thanks. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord because of the thoughts of His wisdom, because of the triumph of His works. But thirdly, because of His thwarting of wickedness. Look at verse number 6. And let me give you these three real quickly and we'll read it. I want us to go to another passage real quickly and we'll be done tonight. Because of his thwarting of wickedness. First of all, wickedness, its opposition is fleeting. It's fleeting. Its destruction is forever. And God's protection against it is faithful. Its opposition is fleeting. Can I tell you something this week? The devil doesn't desire for anything good to happen at our church this week. By the way, that's true every week, not just on vacation Bible school week. That's true every single week of the year, every single day of the year. The devil, the world, the flesh, and the devil doesn't desire anything good, anything profitable to happen in our lives individually and in the life of our church. So, with that being said, I can guarantee you this week, he's going to try to, to, to put things in your path. He's going to try to fight. He's going to try to mess with your schedule. He's going to put hindrances in your way. Uh, he's going to put maybe even frustrations and discouragements in your way. Listen, it's fleeting. Remember that. And don't let it discourage you. Its opposition is fleeting, its destruction is forever. And his protection is faithful. You say, Pastor, how do you know it's fleeting? Look what it says there in verses 6 and 7. He says, a brutish man knoweth not. Knoweth not what? Doesn't know the great works of God. Doesn't know the deep thoughts of God. A brutish man doesn't know it. Neither doth a fool understand this. One who rejects. Remember, a fool isn't someone who doesn't necessarily have, have information. He just rejects what he hears. In the book of Proverbs, you have the simple, you have the fool, and you have the wise. The simple just doesn't know everything he needs to know. The fool has heard it, he just rejects it. The wise has heard it as well, and he has received it. That's what makes him wise. The fool has rejected it, that's what makes him a fool. And the Bible says in verse number 6, Neither neither doth a fool understand this. Verse 7, When the wicked spring as the grass, and when all the workers of iniquity do flourish. You ever look around and think, Man, wickedness is just flourishing. People of iniquity are just, boy, they're just prospering. You ever think that? I've told you all this before. I I didn't think that, but I saw it in in the job that I used to do. I would go to different businesses and look at their books and do audits and different things like that. And you would go, or I would go, or, or... Myself and another coworker would go and sometimes occasionally we'd have to go and audit um, um, uh, a beer distributor. We'd have to audit their books. They make money. They make money. You're like, wow. Think about what we could do in our church if we had all that money. Now, let me say this. I don't want a beer distributor's money. That's not what I'm saying tonight. They're filthy lucre. I don't want that. But my point is, they make money, and sometimes you look at it and you're like, wow, they're prosperous. They're flourishing. But look what it says it is, he uses the comparison when the wicked spring as the grass, it's temporary. It is that they shall be destroyed forever. But thou, Lord, art most high forevermore. Look, the wicked, they're fleeting. Their opposition is fleeting. The Lord is forever. And so when we look around sometimes and we think, man, wickedness is on the rise, wickedness is flourishing, it's only temporary. It's like the grass, and we're going to see that in just a moment, but the Lord is forever. Look, it is good, it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord because of the triumph of His works, because of the wisdom of His thoughts, but also because of the thwarting, His thwarting of wickedness. He says in verse number 8, But thou, Lord, art most high forevermore. For lo, thine enemies, O Lord, for lo, thine enemies shall what? What's the word there? Perish all the workers of iniquity shall be scattered, but my horn, his protection is faithful. But my horn, shalt thou exalt like the horn of an unicorn. Now many believe that that unicorn there is what we would consider a rhino today, and I, I'm not going to argue with somebody about that. It does the word that's translated there does give that indication. But if you want to believe in unicorns, that's with. With a rainbow horn and. Anyway. But he says, But my horn shalt thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh horn. By the way, it would be cool if there were unicorns, wouldn't it? Unicorns like our kids think of unicorns is what I mean tonight. That'd be kind of neat, wouldn't it? Ride a unicorn. He says in verse number 11, Mine eye also shall see my desire on mine enemies, and mine ears shall hear my desire of the wicked that rise up against me. Opposition is fleeting. Its destruction is forever. And His protection, God's protection in verse number 10, But my horn shalt thou exalt. Who's He talking about there? The righteous. We'll get to that next Sunday morning. Verse 12 speaking about the righteous. He said, but my horn shalt thou exalt like the horn of an unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. His protection is faithful. Look, the unicorn was a symbol of unconquerable power. And that's who God is for us. Yes, it may look like... By the way, take your Bibles and go to Psalm 37. Psalm 37. It may look as if sin is on the rise. And by the way, it it is. Is it not in our nation and in our world? Good is evil, evil is good. Yes, you see it every day. We're bombarded with it. This whole month you've been bombarded with it. I know it's hard because it seems like they have such a hold on so many different levels of retail. I'm going to tell you what, I'm just not going to shop somewhere that just pushes that stuff on me. I'm just not going to do it. You say, well, Pastor, you can't make a difference with that. It's just you're one little person. That's fine, but I ain't going to do it. I'm going to do my best. You know, I'm going to do my best. I'll be honest with you tonight, and I, you know, I'd rather go to Tate's and spend the extra dollar than go to Walmart. Now, Tate's doesn't have everything we need. I sure wish they did. He so said, Where's Tate's? Murray City. I'd, I'd rather give them my business than Walmart or Target. And maybe if more of us did that, maybe it might make a dent. I don't know. But I'm just, I don't want to give them my money. Wickedness is on the rise, but listen, dear friend, it's fleeting. Psalm 37, are you there? A Psalm of David. Actually, I shouldn't use Walmart, because we have stockholders in here of Walmart. So let me, let me use another. Let's just say Target, amen? Target. But it's fleeting. What is the very first word of Psalm 37? Or actually the very first two. Fret not. Fret not! Pastor, it just seems like wickedness is on the rise and the wicked just seem to prosper and they're the ones that get the promotions and they're the ones that get the extra money and they're the ones that have the biggest houses and they're the ones that have the nicest cars. David said, Fret not! Fret not thyself because of what? Evildoers. Don't fret about it. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. Notice this, why? For they shall soon be cut down like the what? What What did we just read in Psalm 92 verse 7? It compares it, or compares them, to grass springing up. He says, they shall be cut down like the grass... And wither as the greener. I love the way God connects His Word. Boy, we can go to Psalm 92. We can see a comparison of grass. We can come right back here to Psalm 37. That's why God's Word matters. Boy, we've got this today. Well, it doesn't matter what Bible you use. It doesn't matter what version. It's all the same. It's not all the same. And we can come back to verses and compare verses. For they shall soon be cut down... Like the grass and wither as the green herb. Oh, very very next word in verse 3. First word. What? Trust. Trust. It is a good thing to give thanks. Because of the triumph of His works. Because of the thoughts of His wisdom. And because of His thwarting of wickedness. Trust in the Lord. Don't fret because of the evildoers. Just keep doing right. Well, if you can't beat them, join them. No! No! Never. God says just, David, David, just keep trusting. Just keep trusting. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee what? Why? Delight yourself in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Why? Because it is through His hands we triumph. Not our own. So when we delight ourselves in the Lord, delight thyself also in the Lord and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Not not your own hands, not your own strategies, not your own plans. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in Him and He shall bring it to pass. And He shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. Verse 7, rest Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Fret not thyself because of Him who prospereth in His way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger, forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. Don't join them. Fret not thyself because of evildoers. For yet a little while, verse 10. What did we say? We said their opposition is what? It's fleeting. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. We could go on and on and on tonight in Psalm 37. Its opposition is fleeting. Its destruction is forever. Psalm 92, verses 7 through 9 tell us that. But his protection is faithful. Listen tonight, we can have full confidence in the justice of God. Fret not thyself because of evildoers. Okay, can we go back to Psalm 92 one more time and we'll be done? I know this is for next Sunday morning. You and I can have full confidence in the justice of God. Fret not thyself because of evildoers. He says in verse number 6, A brutish man knoweth not. Verse 7, It is that they shall be destroyed forever. Verse number 12, The righteous shall flourish. Those, verse 13, Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. Verse 14, They shall still, still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing when the wicked Have been cut down like the grass. By the way, when they have died at a young age because of their sin, that happens. That still happens today. He said, But the righteous shall bring forth fruit in old age, they shall be fat and flourishing. It is a good thing to give thanks. Why? Because of the triumph of his works, because of the thoughts of his wisdom. And because of his thwarting of wickedness. We might look around and we might get a little disgruntled and a little discouraged and a little angry, and we ought to be angry. Sin ought to anger us. Foolishness and wickedness and sin, in whether it's in Nashville or Washington, D.C. or in Brownsville, Tennessee, or wherever, it ought to anger us. But we don't have to fret about it. We don't have to fret about it. Why? Because it's fleeting because they will be cut down like the grass. It is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises unto His name, unto Thy name it says, O Most High. He deserves it, doesn't He? Father, we thank You tonight once again for Your Word. We thank You for Your goodness. And Father, I thank You for this Word that we hold in our hands. Father, I'm so grateful for it. Father, I'm thankful that you promised to to preserve it to every generation. So Lord, I can stand and these dear folks can sit with this Bible in their laps and have full confidence and full assurance that this is your very word. That even in our generation, even 6,000 plus years later, you have preserved your word to every generation. Father, help us to take heart in that tonight because we can believe it, because we know that we can triumph in it because it's the work of your hands, not ours. And Lord, because of it, we ought to give you praise tonight. And I pray that we've been reminded today that it is a good thing to give thanks to you. And I pray that we'd go out tonight and we would do so. Father, if there would be one tonight who needs to do business with you, maybe a believer who needs to just Get on their knees tonight and say, Lord, I need to praise you more. Might be an individual in here tonight, a teenager, a young person, an adult tonight that has never come to the saving knowledge of Christ. Lord, I pray that tonight that they would see you have done the great work that needs to be done for salvation. and May they call upon you tonight. Father, we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand our feet. If you're physically able, if you'll stand to your feet tonight, heads bowed and eyes closed. Paige is at the piano. She's going to begin to play. If you need to come tonight, if you need to kneel right where you're at, if you need to make an altar somewhere between where you're at right now, this platform, if you need to do so, I'd encourage you to do so. Maybe in an aisle. Maybe right in your pew. Just come and say, Lord, help me to be a giver of thanks. Help me to be a praiser. Help me to understand it's a good thing to give thanks to you tonight. Father, thank you for the triumph that we have through your hands and through your works. Father, thank you for the thoughts of your wisdom. You've given them to us to be able to live and walk through this life. Father, thank you that you will thwart wickedness. It's fleeting. We don't need to fret about it. Friend, tonight, do you know Christ is your Savior? If you don't, I'd encourage you to come. Ever been a time when you've called upon the name of the Lord to save your soul, to wash away your sins beneath the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ?